Greetings, true believers, and welcome to episode 52 of the Polis Podcast, a bi-weekly show about comics, pop culture, and faith. My name is Chris Poirier, and with me, as always, is the one and only Hector. How are we doing this week, Hector? Oh, I'm magical. I'm magical. Two shades shy of a My Little Pony. So, friendship is magic. Got it. It is. Strap yourselves in and prepare yourselves, for we've got comic sign. Uh, better put the word out. Get ready for the nerd out. Better put specs on. Better bring necks on. On today's episode of The Polis, we've got a great show for you. We're going to hit the latest news that you need to know, our must-pull recommendations from the past two weeks, and our favorite number ones, and so much more. This is The Polis Podcast. Wandering over into our high-tech, high-speed internet-based newsroom where all of the industry news flows in and out of this wonderful thing that we call the Polis Podcast. Let's get directly into some of the interesting things that are going on in comics. And this episode, we're kind of going to hit a lot of... I'm going to tell you this right now, Hector. If you didn't know, um, July is going to be a really busy, busy month of new stuffs. I love new stuffs. Yeah, and... Summer usually is like event territory, but most of the stuff isn't super eventy. Like, you know, not like 12 books and like 72 um, tie-in type event, but some of them are just like mini runs or whatever. But let's get at it. Um, so right off the top, and I'm not sorry for my sarcasm, or maybe I am, but X-Men number one, <laughs> again, um, will be hitting in July. And the main purpose here is that through all of the X stuff that's been going on, we're finally kind of – we've reset what the group is. You know, Marvel fans had their chance to like vote for the final – uh, entry onto the team and everything. So the team is assembled and that means you've got to release a new number one because reasons. Um, but the cool part is, at least, they seem to be using the word fearless a lot. So some people wonder, you know, X-Men, when it gets rebranded, is always, you know, X-Men something or whatever. And so they're like, they're fearless this time. So congratulations. But that's all to say you are going to get a Jim Lee homage cover um, as one of the covers for this number one um, from the X-Men number one that there's a billion copies of and Forever in a Day was the highest selling uh, comic of all time. I think I have the spot, original promotion poster in my garage. Right. And Lam I mean, laminated. it's, it's, it's really cool. Um, so for all you X-Men folks, you get to celebrate a new number one. And as you will notice for the rest of this segment in news is in July. If you get lost on anything we say in this episode, it's coming out in July. <laughs> um, and so that moves us on to the next piece. And that is Kevin Smith is got a new project and he's going to be writing the prequel to the masters of the universe revelation, um, which is a Netflix show that's coming that there's that, that new mass. He also writes and does. Yeah. Right. So it's going to be all kinds of awesome. Dark horse is going to bring that to us. So I, I dig it when Kevin Smith has comic projects because I think a lot of people miss that he usually does write pretty great comics. Um, I can't point to too many that I was like, wow, Kevin, you probably shouldn't have done that. Give us Clerks 3 or something, you know? Um, I wasn't the biggest fan of the widening gyre, gyre, whatever it is. Um, mm. But it wasn't bad either. Right. And I mean, he did amazing things with Green Hornet, and it's kind of hard to say that for a lot of things. But Kevin just, he just dives in the stuff. And usually does tons of research, knows the stuff inside and out. He's a nerd's nerd. And so I'm kind of excited to see what he might do with Masters of the Universe. So, um, again, and as stated. And he also has Mark Hamill, you know, on mm -hmm. the, the series. So it's going to be dope, too. It's just going to be great. So look for that comic. When? In July. Um, so what else is coming out in July? 
like seriously, I'm not kidding people. <laughs> All of this stuff's dropping in July, which means that 2021 appears to be we're over 2020 and the comics industry is going to crank out the stuff. And that brings us to the DC side of the house where we're getting what I'm excited for is a Booster Gold and um, Blue Beetle uh, team up book. And oh, yes, I'm excited. And it so is going to special? be – it's – well, the specific reason it's special is because the Booster Gold creator is actually returning to write. So it's going to be a mini uh. and the dude that actually created Booster Gold is going to be doing the work. And the art from what I recall is also going to be from the time period that was um, Heroes in Crisis. Ah, so the great. art looks really good and it's going to have that vibe of, to it as well. And they talk with um, the team about that, that when he originally created Booster, it's mostly – he mostly talks about the fact that Booster is very egotistical and he wasn't quote unquote necessarily designed to be funny. But he ends up being funny kind of at his own expense because, you know, that's the joke, Booster Gold, the uh, greatest DC superhero that you've never heard of. Um and that Booster has that very egotistical thing. So it, I'm excited for it because the vibe that came out of Heroes in Crisis of those two was really good. And just, just to be clear, because we've had many um, Beatles, is this is going to be Ted Cord. So they're doing the old school team. Well, it's not like Booster so, and Jaime ever hung out. Or not right. really. <laughs> if you're into that good old... Um, what the heck is a Booster Gold and why does he have a robot named Skeets? Well, then in July, you can find out. And we're going to save it for a little bit of the podcast later. But I think it's worth mentioning here in the news is – and I want all of our Marvel fans to take note is that I'm I'm saying lots of wonderful things about some, some Marvel things. Uh, and that is Amazing Spider-Man in July is starting what they're calling the Sinister War. And it's going to only be a four-part. So that's why I say normally this would feel like a huge event that you'd have to read all 17 Spidey books to know what's going on. But it doesn't, at least at the moment, appear to have that vibe, which I'm all about. And we're going to talk about it again because it gets set, it got set up pretty well in the latest issue of Amazing and it literally was like a night and day turn from the last two books that podcast. came out in that save line. It for the podcast. Yeah, <laughs> going to save it for the podcast. But Sinister War is coming. So what do you need to know about Sinister War? Sinister War is going to be Sinister Six versus the Savage Six. Um, so they're digging a little deep into the rogues gallery on that one. And I mean, I guess you could like stilt man deep. I'm not sure. That would be really awesome. I mean, was Stiltman <laughs> in the in the Sinister? And I have no idea who the Savage Six are, honestly. The Savage um, Six is Vulture's team. Sinister, yeah. So let's let's do the thing. So it'll be interesting to see what they do. But according to the interwebs, and it's because I'm not as deep in Spidey stuff as I should be. But thank you, Internet. It says that the members of the Savage Six are Funny Face, Dragon King, Killer Watt, Mr. Abnormal, Raptor, and Saberclaw. Yep. Nope. So, <laughs> right? And and <laughs> if if Vulture's in charge, doesn't that make them the Seven? Well, that's the thing. Vulture was on the Sinister <laughs> Six, so I don't I don't even know. But go on, go on. Right, or maybe that's the other piece. So there you go. Um, Need to, need to read more amazing so that I can sound like we know what's going on in in the Spideyverse. So let's just round it out with there's been so many Sinister Six things. That's insane. Yeah, I had to do um, when I was writing for Clever, I had to do a who would win in a battle between the Sinister Six or the Suicide Squad. And that's a uh, good matchup because the the Sinister Six original is Doc Ock, Vulture, Electro, Mysterio, Sandman, and Craven, which is 
Like, to me, that seems like a no-brainer who's winning that one. <laughs> yeah. But that's the thing. I had to go through each, like, iteration, like, kind of pairing mm. them. So it, it was a fun, like, script to write. But I also was like, I don't know who 90% of all of these people are, but whatever. Yeah. What is going on? Um. So, yeah, I, I'm excited for it because I think that's going to be good vibe Marvel. And I want that right now. Because I, I know talking to some other folks and just talking here that I've constantly said, I was like, I just want Marvel to settle down and tell me a freaking story instead of bouncing off like random things, um, drinking Red Bull nonstop and just giving me stories that don't feel like they connect to anything. Um, but that's why the where we jumped in on Amazing Spider was so great. And so now that that vibe, like we said a few episodes ago, that that vibe like disappeared. Well, it's back. It almost feels like the two books that Hector and I were like, what just happened? Almost didn't exist at all, which is weird, but this is comic, so it's not weird. So we'll talk a little more a bit about that later, but that's going to, it sounds like one of the main things that's going to happen for Marvel kind of as we hit the summer. And then more Marvel slash not Marvel news is Marvel has signed an agreement with Viz Media, who does a majority of the US distribution on um, manga type stuff. And so they've written a contract that allows licensing into Viz Media's products so that they can deliver Marvel characters in kind of a MAGA format. I know you read a little bit more on that side of things than I do, but I don't know what that's going to look like. I know DC had done that a few years ago, and some of their stuff was interesting, to say the least. Yeah, but they DC's haven't really done said it's fair dabble in manga. Um, yep. And it was cool just like seeing Star Wars stuff, but at the same time, it's just like, okay. <laughs> it's like you're giving me the same product with just a little different aesthetic. And I, I need more content if that's going to be a viable thing. Um, but, you know, we'll see how this goes. And so, sure, we're along for the journey to see kind of how that plays out. And otherwise... I think it's kind of great for me to be able to say this, that I didn't feel like there was a lot of craziness in the industry over the last couple of weeks, that there was no crazy distribution things, um, entire distributors didn't disappear, um, that there's a sense of normalcy kind of re returning to the industry side, which I think is really great for comics in general because it means most of our news is about new upcoming series, um, seeing new creative teams and everything, and that's the kind of stuff that makes comics exciting. So I'm just glad that this feels semi-normal, which is just great. And ultimately, folks, that's all you need to know. That's our bi-weekly look at the industry and delivering you all of that inside knowledge. And as always, you can join in on that conversation with Hector and I and all of your nerdy friends over on the Love Thy Nerd Discord or on the Love Thy Nerd um, community on the Book of Faces and get your geeky on. Tell us what you liked, what you hated, or possibly even what we missed because Hector and I can't be all places in our, – our newsroom is staffed by, um well, us. So – Tell us what we missed, what you want to talk about, and we'll continue the conversation over there. What's up, nerd? You digging this podcast? Well, the audio enjoyment doesn't end there. Visit LTNOnAir.com and make LTN Radio your new go-to for the best Christian rock, rap, pop, and indie, as well as our exclusive LTN shows and podcasts, some of which air on the station before they're available anywhere else. Visit LTNOnAir.com to listen now and find the link to our app. Now back to the show. But fam... We know that you come to us not just for news, but you come to us because Hector and I read way too many comics. So, Hector, let let us regale the lovely folks out there with what hits your pull for the last couple of weeks. So I'm going to give you my pulls, but before I do that, I'm just going to throw a quick, dis not a disclaimer, but just some things that I thought I should mention. Uh, Homesick Pilots finished its first arc. It didn't make my pull just because there's some other stuff, but it did end with its first five issue arc and a second volume slash direction is going to start in June um, with its own new arc. So it was definitely worth it. Didn't crap out or anything. Um, that book, Carmen, that we recommended on the last episode, uh, it kind of, I'm not going to say it's bad, but it kind of stalled and didn't move as quickly as I'd hoped. 
But then again, I don't know what I was expecting. Um, so <laughs> that book was confusing and I wasn't able to get a copy. So I'm going to go looking for it because I wanted yeah. to see kind of where it ended up as well, because that was literally both of our recommendation off the last time is the, well, we want to know <laughs> the setup's great. So there's, there's a lot more going? naked floaty time. That's about it. So I'm going to say this right now, because now that you've said this, um, cause I almost asked you if that literally was what happened. And there's this strange ism in a lot of independent comics that that's the quote unquote art. And I'm not saying it's not, but I'm also not saying that it is. <laughs> and for some reason, some books like that, be- that becomes the sale point when I'm still on the, let's talk about what happened in the first book because that was not light. <laughs> um, no. But I do feel like this book Maybe the payoff is still going to come, but maybe just the pacing in the middle is going to feel weird. So yeah, that's what I was going to say. This uh, this will be a slow burn book um, based on the pacing. So um, that being said, those are two things I wanted to no throw way. out disclaimer wise since they didn't make it into the pools. Um, but yeah, am I jumping in? You jumping in? Who jumping in? Well, actually, I guess if we're going to give some disclaimers up front, I'll I'll cheat too and be and just say that Orcs number three and Young Hellboy number three or four. Whichever was next in the row came out in this period and also are my honorable mentions for it. They're still delightful and 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 great and everything, but there was stuff that I want to spend more time on this week. Fair enough, fair enough. So yeah, now we can dive into it. Let's Yay. All right. Um for me, uh gonna go right into uh Joker number two. Um again. There were a lot of words in this one. <laughs> Yeah. Did you read this one? <laughs> that was my takeaway. Oh, for sure. And I okay, had a okay. feeling it would be on your list, which is why I covered uh, different ones <laughs> down. But I I was just like, there was a lot of words in this one. It wasn't that no, it was it, bad for me. It's just that was a lot of words. It was, it was there's a lot of dialogue. Um, and again, this is a very Jim Gordon focused story, more so than the Joker. Which but, I uh, do love. And because this is a canon tale as much as anything is in the DC world right now, um, there is a major um, plot point shift in the Batman-Jim Gordon uh, relationship. Do we, do we want to talk about it? Do we want to just drop the spoil? Do we want to drop the spoiler warning? I do. I do. I want to say it because I, th- I don't want to wait two weeks to talk about this. So uh, yeah, if, if you're not, I think that's fair. So if you aren't reading Joker, um, there's just going to be a discussion over a spoiler that is uh, something, some information that Jim Gordon knows, and that's just about it. Yep. So uh, maybe skip the next two minutes if you don't want to know this. But three, two, one. As a power play to uh, leverage Barbara and Batman um, into giving him clearance to go hunt down the Joker, Jim Gordon drops the fact that he knows Barbara Gordon is Batgirl slash Oracle and that he has always known that she is Batgirl slash Oracle. Um, that, that, was, that was pretty amazing to me that I was like, A, you know what? That feels like super supernatural in this relationship not supernatural weird but it's natural that he of course jim knew right he said i know my daughter no matter what outfit she wears and or what voice she hides behind um but he drops it as a power play but like my as soon as i read that my immediate thought was batgirl number 50 um which was, you know, the finale of her series where she, right. where he blamed her for the death of her brother. Her blamed Batgirl. Mm-hmm. And um, the, literally the next line before I could even finish processing that thought was, but you blamed Batgirl for the death of James. And it's like, and there's a little editor's note. And he's like, yeah, I was lashing out. And they just wrote the whole thing off. What is, right. I'm not going to say it's a plot hole. But they wrote what could have potentially been a plot hole off as, yeah, I lashed out. (laughs) And they just moved right on. Um, So that changes the whole dynamic that Jim Gordon knows that Barbara is Batgirl. And he said, but he also made the knowing wink of, I also know other things. 
pretty much saying, I also know you're Bruce Wayne, um, but not fully saying that. I guess he's waiting to play this card. But my first thought in retrospect of this is you don't drop this type of knowledge unless you're going to kill off the character. Oh, no. So you uh, you might not be wrong. I don't think I'm wrong. I think that the culmination of this Joker book, and this is just me speculating, y'all. I've only got two issues. Um, I think yep. the culmination of this Joker book is going to be Joker killing Jim Gordon. Yeah, because otherwise a Jim Gordon story probably would have been titled Jim Gordon or like GCPD or something, right? Yeah. So I think this is going to be the end of James Gordon. Um, that's just me. Moving on. Um Joker also has some <laughs> fun stuff right in this along. Uh, I, I Joker has some fun stuff in this book, but this is really just a really good James Gordon book. Uh, my second yeah. one, and I'm going to throw this out. Nightwing 79. Uh, what I was saying about uh, the fact that Nightwing now has more money than Bruce is 100% right. Um, nice. Um, but literally, did you read this one, by the way? I didn't, but you're slowly convincing me that I need to pick up Nightwing, and it's not been a book that I've ever been able to just get into. I don't know why, but no. Okay, so here's I, what I'm, I'm starting tell to you. see things that I like. So I, I'm going to tell you straight up: if you've not been reading Nightwing, pick it up at issue 78. You don't need any prior knowledge, other than the fact that Alfred died, and right. uh, jump into issue 78 because literally. Um, it's him and Barbara go to get like a meal and there he's sitting there thinking, I've always felt like Bruce could have, I felt like Bruce could have done more as Bruce Wayne than just being Batman. And as he's sitting there, uh, having that contemplative moment, a homeless kid asks him for cash and he's like, and he jumps up with like joy and excitement. Yes. And then he's like, go get everybody you can find, anybody you know that's hungry, anything like that. And then they go to uh, a pizza place named after uh, two of Nightwing's creators, um, which you should check nice. it out. There's plenty plenty of screenshots of that. Um, but Dick, at that point, feeds the entire area's homeless community meals and puts people in hotels. Oh, dang. Like, in literally about eight pages, he does more for just the community of Bloodhaven than Bruce did for Gotham in an instant. Um, where, like, the beginning of the book is so beautifully set up, talking about how he did everything in his life without a safety net, but he had people that he could lean on. And the conclusion right. of the book is that he wants to become Bloodhaven's safety net. Dude, I'm not kidding. Man. I was genuinely moved through 75% of this book. Like, literally hand on my chest, like, <gasps> like I was moved. Now, yeah, that's on like, the flip... That's like night, literally night and day. <laughs> oh. <laughs> on the flip side, I literally gasped at, in horror at some stuff from an unknown uh, new villain that is being referred mm -hmm. to as the heartless one or heartless or something to that mm -hmm. effect. Um, and literally I was wounded emotionally and had genuine horror in the middle of all this. And I'm going to go ahead and make a blanket statement. Uh, these two issues alone, not only make Nightwing the best book in DC comics right now, these two issues make Nightwing the best book I've read this year, period. Just on those two issues. Oh my. So, and it's your boy Tom Taylor. Um, who again, yeah. I, I literally think is becoming the best voice in DC Comics. So I'm just going to say this. Pick up Nightwing 78 and 79. If you don't enjoy it, I I know I might be overhyping it, um, but if you don't enjoy it, then I will personally like. So if you straight up don't enjoy this book, I will personally PayPal you three dollars. 
<laughs> nice. So Nightwing 78 and 79, if you don't love it, I'll PayPal you $3. Wait, Just, is it only $3? It's not four ninety nine. No, no, I'm giving you $3. That's all you get. Uh, oh, I see. <laughs> hey. Um, but you have two weeks to do that. <laughs> so that's... Uh, yeah, this deal only runs in th- until episode 53. It does. This deal only runs until episode 53. So on May 7th, you out. Um this is a limited limited time offer. Uh, yes. So this is the recording date of this is April 23rd. By May 7th, you've got until then. But here's the deal. I don't think you're going <laughs> to get there. Um, that's why I say this. Also, speaking of all the love for Tom Taylor, um, Batman the Detective number one was a freaking joy to read. Um. If you are a fan of any of the stuff from Grant Morrison's era or other generations where Knight and Squire were sub-characters, right. uh, this brings it back to Knight and Squire, but in a really well-done way. Um, but this book basically revolves around the fact that Batman is leaving Gotham and leaving the manor forever. Air quotes. Um, and <laughs> quote. It's straight up, y'all. Uh it made me laugh. I was really impressed with it. It felt like fun, lighthearted Batman without being too silly. Um, it strongly reminded me of Grant Morrison era Batman, um, which is a positive or negative, depending on how you take it. Um, but in this one issue, you get to see Knight, you get to see Squire, you get to see Gentleman Ghost um, in a new iteration. And a squad of wannabe Batman villains. Um, I just had a blast with it. Um, I will absolutely keep picking this one up. And I think if you just want some fun Batman stuff, you should too. Um, And then the last thing I'm just going to throw out is uh, on the manga side of the world. Demon Slayer uh, number 21, which is the newest book in the Demon Slayer run of things. I, I am, uh, it's on my mind because I'm actually going to see the Demon Slayer movie a little bit later today. But, um, man, Demon Slayer is just one of those books that keeps escalating and ramping up the intensity and the heartfelt thing of it. And one of the things I've always loved about Demon Slayer is that they humanize the villains/slash monsters to the point that you have empathy and, right. uh, or the sacrifice of the characters and, like, I just give them an applause for 21 books solid of just continual growth and storytelling. But it's coming to a head. And uh, just just saying, um, on a manga level, Demon Slayer is one of the best ones to pick up. So that's me. I'm done. What about your pulls? Well, I, I just wanted to say that because of you talking about it nonstop, I finally, my wife and I finally started watching um, the anime. And that you go, oh, wow, this 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 is not... This is hardcore. <laughs> don't don't miss that. That it. But same thing that you find yourself in a weird position over some of the demons even early that they come into contact with, and how the ecosystem works or the economy. I'm not sure which word I'm looking for there, but um, the powers at play um, really balance out a lot of the characters and their actions and. I'm guessing because I'm so early, I probably don't even fully understand the motivations of some of the demons and, you know, working for the main dude and all that. So I, I, I'm, I'm in. And I think I, it's probably one of those that I want to go back and read too because I bet like a lot of stuff in this space that it's probably better. You'd have to tell me that if you're enjoying reading it versus watching it better or if there's a good balance because some are well-balanced. Well, my only thing I would say with that is um, just for uh, the quickness of the storyline, the show is only up till up to book six. The movie that releases wow. today is book seven and eight. The books are on book 21. Right. So you got a long way if you're you've got, you know, a hot minute if you're going to wait just for the screen version. And also mm-hmm. uh, my family prefers the uh sub over the dub on this um how do we st- we started the sub and like my kids tried to watch the dub and they're like i can't 
I can't. <laughs> so, like, even today <laughs> we're watching the movie in sub because we don't want to hear the English cast. But that's all. Go ahead. Aw. <laughs> Aw. Well, and the battle continues. Sub versus dub. So, yeah. Uh, I'm going to float all the way to the other side of the comic book industry. And I'm going to just say that nonstop Spider-Man number two that nonstop Spider-Man in general is the Spider-Book I want and the Spider-Book that I need. It is the Spider-Book that we all deserve. Um, I don't know if you read number one or number two, but its title is literal. <laughs> that the first book starts at like a breakneck speed and it just doesn't stop. But it has high school, again, younger Peter doing younger Peter things well being Spider-Man, but in this very fast-paced, very action-oriented story. So it's got the puns, it's got the funny, but it progresses at a pace that I don't think um I even I've been used to in comics that and some of the art is just laid out wonderfully to demonstrate that movement and pace, and that it's literally it doesn't feel like he even stops for 30 seconds anywhere in two um issues, but a lot's happening. And during that break of Amazing Spider-Man in 62 and 63 where we were like, what just happened? And nonstop showed up. I was like, this is the book I wanted. So for those of you that are looking for that, like, super fun Spider-Man, Peter Parker, as you kind of envision young Peter or young-ish Peter, um, nonstop is definitely the book that you want to put some – time money and effort into and i don't think it's gonna be super long but either way so far it's beautiful it does thing it feels different from a lot of other books and that's just great um so i guess that means i should now talk about what happened in amazing spider-man because i put amazing spider-man 64 back on my list to now tell you after i said i'm out that i'm back in that I legit am not 100% sure what just happened in 62 to 63. Um, But it clearly must have been an editorial break to set up the Sinister Six versus the, the Savage Six, the Sinister Wars that are coming because 64 now starts doing that and we're back to the main plot points that were really running before 62 and 63 occurred. Um, he's still got the new suit. The two kids are still kidnapped, but they're almost not talking about that piece of the story because they're back to where we left off with the Osbournes, and they still got the kid, and Fisk is still trying to get something out of him. But we get introduced in 64 to uh, Doc Ock, and he's getting, you know, semi-spoiler alert, but it's the setup is he's getting taken over just like how Harry's character had all the other times. And I'm like, so we literally ended up back in this place where, like, literally it feels like the last two books didn't occur at all. And, yeah. So based on your recommendation, I went and picked this one up. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to say that it was better, but I'm going to say I'm still out. Um, Ooh. How like oh The fact that uh, it only took an issue or two for me to uh, be like, you know what? I'm out. Um, to see that as like, I wasn't hanging on by much. Um, and like, it didn't take much to make me say, I'm good. But then I was like, oh, yeah, this is better, but I still don't care. Uh, so. Oh, I'm out. Um, you could you could let me know if it like dramatically increases, and I'm like really need to give him, but I'm out. So that's all. Okay, that that's that's fair. Um, I guess I I bounced on it a little easier because now on the other side, I'm like, oh, those were the filler issues. You know how there's filler episodes and shows, and you go, what on earth just happened? And then the next week, you're like, oh, we're back. That was the filler episode. It happens a lot in anime. Um, well, I do, I do recognize that it was filler, but like, I don't know. I'm still not sold. 
<laughs> that's fair. Um, so it's it's interesting, but you can now take it up for yourself and and decide. And I think this is another one that sixty five I think is will end up being the full setup um, for the for the four part event. And I think at that point we'll see yes or no. That's the thing that we want to dive in on or not dive in on. But we shall see. Um, and that brought me back around to you know we talked about Firefly, um, the brand new verse last time. And because it's a new book that's, you know, jettisoned kind of in Firefly future um, with the new crew and we're seeing, you know, shadows of the old crew and everything. And I said that I didn't really know where I was at after the first book. The second book made me feel it's probably the same thing, a little better, maybe not a lot better, but better about the direction of things. But also just seeing how the story writing and everything is now falling into place with this new group of folks in a universe that we know and understand, it felt like Firefly again. And we've we've said that, you know, in different places of talking about other Firefly books over the years, that every now and then a writer just nails it and you go, this feels like the thing that I watched and I cared about and I loved. And I think the second book got us closer to that because, again – we're being – they continue to introduce us to where the old crew ended up, what they're doing today, but they're not the focus of the story. So they're adjacent. They're present. And we get to go, yay, that's that's the person and that is fun. And, oh, that makes sense in where they ended up in the universe. But the centralized story itself has that very Firefly vibe um, for the new crew and everything. And they're doing some very knowing and – I don't want to say that they're cutesy because it's not, but there are some mannerisms that the children who are the children of the original crew have mannerisms of their parents and that's starting the show through. And I don't think it's being done in a terrible way. I think it actually is like, no, that's absolutely that person's kid. (laughs) And it makes sense that that would be part of their personality. So I think this book now has way more personality than the main line that's still running, you know, in parallel to this, that I think, you know, Hector, you, you dropped off on a while ago and I'm still reading in hopes it ends up somewhere. <laughs> um, that, yeah, this book just feels like it finally has a place and I hope they don't mess it up because we were saying the same thing <laughs> when the other one started. Um, I, I just hope that this one keeps that right feeling and pace and moving us in in a positive direction because us brown coats we just we just want the story and we want it to be good and and to have the good feels about about that universe so don't don't screw it up after the first arc keep writing like this <sighs> you realize I next year 20, fireflies 20 uh 20 years old i don't want to talk about it <laughs> man that's cool though that means there should be some, some high level uh, brown coat shenanigans next year. That's what I'd say. Uh, shiny. So yeah, if you're you're on that brown coat journey with us, then at least for now, you can start there and enjoy it and all of that good stuff. And that kind of brings me to my last um, major pull from the last couple of weeks, and we're finally back to talking about Daredevil. Um. So, you know, you were talking about Nightwing being, you know, the best thing that's going on this year. I, I'm torn between the two. I haven't read it yet. I was like, but Chip Sadarsky continues to make me go, well, damn, man. <laughs> um, I didn't think there are things you could keep doing or misdirecting me on or, or making me question your choices. And here we are at Daredevil number 29. <laughs> and uh, I don't know. We dropped one major spoiler in this episode. Do we go for two? Yeah, go for it. Yeah, I think we should because kind of like at the beginning of Daredevil when we talked about the whole thing of, you know, Daredevil just killed someone and that entire journey and everything. uh, This is a similar thing because I think it's going to end up not quite as it appears, but if it is as it appears, then the next issue of Daredevil is going to be um, wild. And also – 
if you haven't picked up a copy of 29 and it is true, maybe you should because it's probably about to increase in value. Um, but I haven't heard a lot of speculation, which leads me to believe that. No, I don't believe it. Yeah, I think it's going to be a it's a misdirect as well. But the end of the book, the entire book is mostly it's two stories. It's a back and forth. It's, you know, Daredevil's in prison. So it's prison life of Daredevil and uh, Electra and what she's doing on the outside, carrying the mantle of Daredevil. And she's kind of mentoring a young kid that she came across and rescued recently and is explaining the ways of the world uh, according to Electra, which it's the best thing to come out of King and black. (laughs) Right. Um, And she's like, you know, why are you teaching me this? And it's like, well, because I was where you are. And if you don't become strong, then, you know, the weak are crushed under the weight of the world. And, you know, Electra has a really positive world view <laughs> of things, but I guess that comes with being an assassin um, and having been part of the hand and all that. So yeah, you, you get it. <laughs> but the journey of Daredevil in prison is that this time it is very clear that he's being set up to be eliminated. And, Half of the book is taking the journey of him eating lunch and realizing he had just been poisoned and him working through the mind process of that to basically getting, you know, prison shanked in the yard um, and in his weakened state. And he's, you know, the last panel of the book. And here's here's the spoiler is, you know, he's got the shanks in him and the warden's like, yes, he's dead. It's like, what? Um so that's why I think Hector and I sit here somewhat skeptical. Um, like, Sadarsky will have straight up punked the entire Daredevil readership if the next one literally is a funeral and, like, no, seriously, he's dead. Because <laughs> um, it feels slightly sudden. Um, but at the same time, you technically... I, my brain's sitting here going, you, you have an Electra that has been taking on the mantle and is growing that it is not past Marvel to make this potentially be a thing. Not indefinitely, because that's not how comics work. If if this is your first time in comics, nobody dies. (laughs) They'll bring him back when he's useful. I mean, we literally Um, had an arc called the death of Daredevil and he's still here. So (laughs) that's valid, but maybe that's, that's the misdirect, right? Is that no, it's not that easy. Is it? I think it would be punk rock if they actually did it. Because it wouldn't, it would have been a fairly well kept secret and under not a lot of fanfare, which is like the total opposite of how you're supposed to kill people in comics, especially mainline characters. But I, I do think there's more to the story. I think it's possibly one of the ways they're getting him back on the street kind of thing is, oh, he's dead. Bring him to the morgue. And then, you know, he gets out and all that good stuff. So well, and it's hard the to medic say. is on his side too, so I'm pretty sure there's gonna be some stuff in that. Yeah, that that's kind of my take. Is this is how we get him out of prison to take on the fact that they've been trying to kill him, and you know, Fisk is clearly up to no good on the outside. Like, if you overlay the overarching continuity of Marvel, if it exists, what Fisk is doing in Amazing Spider-Man and here simultaneously, how does that dude got that kind of time? <laughs> Yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> Have you thought about that? I was like, wait, if if we're in the same continuity, and in theory we are. We are because Fisk is, King, and, King and Black played across both. That's a good point. Then it's like Fisk is like totally messing with Spider-Man like actively in, in the Osbournes while simultaneously dealing with that high-powered group in Hell's Kitchen and doing their bidding while also basically trying to – keep daredevil in prison or kill him it's like wilson fisk has got some mad skills or some time management skills because i don't know how he'd be villain he reads john acuff books that's what he does (laughs) that's what it is um he's got the skills so yeah so those were those were my polls um so yeah lots of great comics doing lots of comic book things right Mm mm-hmm We here at LTN Radio know that not everybody is nerdy in the same ways. You might find yourself in a situation where you hear a word or phrase that you've never seen before and have no idea what it means. Well, have no fear. We're here to help. Today's term is chip damage. 
The new Mortal Kombat movie has just recently released on HBO Max and in theaters, and that's got me thinking about all those classic MK games I used to play growing up as a kid. As my first foray into fighting games, it was the game that I learned all the terminology from, including chip damage. Chip damage is damage to your health bar that you receive even though you're blocking. When you're blocking a punch or a kick from your opponent, you still get hurt, but not nearly as much. So it's just chipping away at your health bar. That, that's pretty much it. Not gonna get to a fatality that way. I'm Radio Mad, and I hope I've made your life just a little bit nerdier. So Hector, now it's time, as we close out our time, to what's the number one that really blew you away in the last couple weeks? Surprisingly enough, I actually really enjoyed Way of X number one. Um, it's literally, you know, the sales pitch was, you know, they start the mutant religion, but the reality is it's still Kurt really struggling with what faith looks like in light of the uh, their, like, nonchalant resurrection process. Right. Um, and... The fact that it's the struggle makes it enjoyable. Um, but it also is pointing to the fact that there's something inherently wrong and evil going on in the way that they're doing what they're doing with their resurrections. Mm. Um, it also has Nightwing, or Nightcrawler being funny, which is always good. And uh, there's several uh, you know, biblical references like thrown at Nightcrawler, like from Magneto, of like, uh, uh, I heard your you know, your God, something as an expert on resurrection, stuff like that. Um, oh, interesting. Yeah. Um, one of the lines Magneto said, he's, I can't remember if actually it was Magneto or professor X. And the fact that I can't tell the difference in my memory is scary. At how close they're blurring these two characters. Um, right. Because both, so Mag- both Magneto was right. Got it. Yeah. Of, uh, <laughs> yeah, but he makes this one statement of, he's like, um, are he's like he said are you really concerned about de- uh the the sin of death from your dusty god and i was like Ooh. oh yeah it's like that because he they think we've conquered morality we've conquered more he said we've conquered morality and mortality and it's just like yikes homie um <laughs> So yeah, okay. Way of X was in, number one was a very interesting read, and uh, if it goes on down this road, well, I'll keep reading. So uh, my number one was Marvel as well. So you can all check your watches, write down the time and date um, that the two DC guys found some great enjoyment in some of the number ones from the other side of the big two, and I I'm not even that you got to understand like. A bunch of people probably feel that the book I am about to recommend is, you know, Marvel going soft, being PC, being, you know, blah, 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 all that garbage that people spout about these things. But I want to tell you straight up that the Women of Marvel number one, the special that they pieced together, was really, really good. And it's not just that it's a celebration of all of the amazing and talented women creators at Marvel, but of the women superheroes across uh, the spectrum of Marvel. And they did like an anthology type book that some stories were a page, some stories were a couple pages, some were a little longer. And then at the end of the book, they have small biographicals and pictures of all of the women team that put together this book. And it's really eye-opening to be able to flip through and see all these talented creators and their work side by side that I was like, People do need to read this. It it is gorgeous. The little stories when when a comic creator and writer and an artist can tell you even a story that manages you know nine to ten panels and is only a page and you go oh I get what happened there. That's talent. Um, and some of them were really good. Some of them were you know tongue in cheek fun, but others were like just solid. And of course they do a. Peggy Carter as, you know, Cap from the what if time period and she shield bashes a Nazi. So how can you not have fun with that? I mean, you know, Peggy's amazing. 
and there are tons of other characters that some you might even have to look up and go, I'd forgotten about or whatnot. Gamora had a great story in in the line as well as basically leading the Guardians. So it's a good book. Uh, let me tell you just right now that if you have doubts or you're some of those folks that are maybe, oh, it's too politically correct or all that, it's like put that aside and actually enjoy the thing for what it is. Um, and it is really good storytelling with really good creatives. And then you get to actually know who some of these people are towards the end of the book. So I just want to say good on Marvel for that showcase um, and putting together a great series of stories, but also delivered in a great format. So I don't know if you had a chance to read it, Hector, but if you haven't, pick it up. I was actually really impressed by it. My local shop didn't get it, so I will swing by Aww. somewhere and pick yeah, it up. Yeah, definitely give it a shot because I thought I'd like a few more thoughts on it, but I want to empower folks to go and check that out and remember that there's there's representation in comics somewhere. Um, and stories are being told. And that's one of the best things about the medium is that every the, the saying in the comic industry, and you've heard us say it before, and it remains, is that comics are for everyone. And they just did a great job of being able to showcase and show us the power. So good job, Marvel. I'm here for it. But that's going to do it for us here at the Pull List Podcast. Episode 52 is in the books and now in your ears. But we couldn't possibly do this alone. I'm a little yeah, sad what? we did a, a, a episode 52 and it wasn't just an all DC special. But go on. I'm sorry. <sighs> oh, oh, I see how it is. I, we end on saying wonderful things about Marvel and then you make a 52 joke. It's episode 52. If this was episode 616, I'd say it should be Marvel. <laughs> <laughs> but go on. <sighs> See, this is why we can't have nice things and why we take this journey of podcasts and fandom along with a lot of other amazing podcasts at the Love Thy Nerd um, podcast network. So be sure to visit lovethynerd.com for more info, previous episodes, and maybe you'll find yourself a new show and add it to your routine. But as always, Hector and I just want to thank you for choosing us, even if we miss obvious New 52 puns um, and opportunities for our show we still come together weekly, bi-weekly to do comic book knowledge for you about the industry. And so don't leave us hanging. Rate and review the show. And you can find us all over the internet, whether we're on the iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, so many more. Like, share, repeat. But again, thank you guys. We couldn't do this without knowing that there are folks out there listening to us and enjoying uh, the joy of comics with us on the journey. So thanks for listening. And remember... Read more comments.